Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Thank you for joining us on the Horse Talk Show this week. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. So if I look like a floating head, it's because I am this week. Because although I remind my guests not to wear green so they don't float, today my day job at the CEP, where our studios is located, was dress up as your favorite Christmas character. So I'm an elf and that's green. So I'm actually very glad that I had delivered this week from my dear friend, Gail Rice, breeder of Medina Spirit, my jacket that I ordered when Medina was still with us. And now I'm even more glad um, and happier that I ordered it because it's even more special. And Gigi's arrived as well, so we'll have to take a photo together in matching jackets. Um, So I'm gonna put this jacket on because my elf costume is um, see-through, so I'm a a floating head, which is a little odd on the telly. Um, First of all, I wanna explain a few things other than my um, attire, or what looks like lack of attire. Um, This is my present from Gigi and Matt this year, and it's a Twinings London Tea Merchants um, established in 1706, can you believe it? And what a lovely gift. I, I mean, it's lovely to get like wine and chocolates and all those things, and we all love them, and coquito, of course. But how nice to have something so different and special. Um, and Gigi is so special, and so is Matt. So I want to thank them both. And there's even some Earl Grey tea in the part that opens. Um, so I really love this. I think it's really beautiful and put a lot of thought into it. So I want to thank them. And also have an announcement. Um, and that is that Gigi, the director of my show, who's been with me for just over a year, um, who is co-founder of Equiceptional Media with me, um, is now also an owner of the Horse Talk Show, officially, as of Christmas this year. So congratulations, Gigi. Um, It may not be like something that's going to make you a millionaire right now, but who knows? And um, it's certainly nice to know that she is my business partner, just not just in one, but in both, so um, so welcome aboard, Gigi, and I tell you a Christmas tree story that's really funny later. We've got a good lineup uh, on the show, I think, today. Um, we have some pre-recorded segments because sometimes we're out on location and it's so much more real when we're there, even though we love to bring people to you in the studio live. I think it's really, really special um, when we get a chance to go out and be around the likes of Nick Demerick and Kimmy Carp, for example, 
Kimmy Carb is the owner of Horse Country Carriage and Tours, and of course she's the one who takes those amazing uh, carriage rides around downtown during the Christmas and New Year's season, and uh, also takes the wonderful farm tours out from the very, very beautiful Kimberden Farm uh, in Northwest Ocala. So um, I love Kimmy Carp. I think she's so special, and we love to share kind of her story and what she does with you. Nick Demerick, of course, trains some of the top horses in the country every year that get out there on the racetrack and win in the stakes races. And um, Corniche, who won the Juvenile this year, was trained by Nick and Jackie Demerick, and uh, also the winner of the Breeders' Cup Classic, who is the Longines' highest point earner in the racing world, Nick Sko, uh, of course, who won the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, and trained both of those horses. So they had amazing victories um, in the Breeders' Cup races this year, and we'll be definitely watching Corniche into the Derby season. It's such a promising, promising horse. So Nick's going to share with us. Um, I may say at the end of this pre-recorded segment, we'll be right back with Nick Demerick, but we really won't be this week. You'll have to tune in next week to hear the second one of Nick Demerick because we wanted to run Kimmy Carps while she is doing the tours through the Christmas and New Year's. So, um, so when you hear me say coming right back with Nick Demerick and I'm not, don't be surprised. That'll be next week. And next week's show is going to be very special too. We're going to do something we've never done before. Uh, we are going to have dinner served in a larger table. Uh, we're going to invite some special people in. Florence and the Travelers is going to serve us up a beautiful meal. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to wait and see. Um, and we're going to do all this on air while we have live call-ins. So if you would like to call in, the number is 352. 3041408 and you can call us next week uh, live during the show and there's the number up on the screen for you if you're watching either on Facebook or television um, and you can give us a call and what we're looking for is share something with us that you saw or heard on the show that you really liked or didn't like you can be honest um, you can give us a great horse story one of your horses um, you can also um, tell us a funny joke. You can actually play a terrible prank on us if you really want to. Um, but we certainly would like you to call in and just share with us some thoughts as we close out the year with the final show um, of the year. We'll hopefully have some funny bloopers and clips and things ready for you too. Um, and we hope you just really enjoy um, what we have to share and what you have to share, your chance to speak um, on the Horse Talk Show. Or if you want to endorse one of our many great sponsors that are now local, national, and international, um, please do. Please call in and share your experience. We'd love to hear it, um, and we'd love your feedback on the show. So we're definitely looking forward to hearing from you, and we want to make sure you do remember to call in. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of horse news this week, because believe it or not, there's not a whole lot going on except Christmas. But um, think about something that I let get away from me this week, and that is how much wonderful downtime you can have with your family, whether that's two-legged or four-legged. Um, think about how much relaxing, you know, fill a stocking for the horse, spend some time not stressing about cooking and running around and shopping and wrapping. And I am preaching to the choir, I'm sure. But I just think it's a special time of year this year has been very hard for some people, for many people, have been through a lot this year. And I feel like now we refocus, we try to start 2022 
on the right note. Um, and on that, I want to celebrate with you on the selling of the Equine Initiative tree at our studios here at the Chamber and Economic Partnership. And they are one of our sponsors and very supportive of us. And we decorate an equine tree every year um, and we try to be the sale topper. Last year we were the sale topper again at $850, $850. And this year we were the sale topper again at $2,050 that we raised for hospice care. So uh, Raymond Di Maria and Alan Davis bidding against one another up to the very end there at $2,050. And $2,050 is amazing. Altogether, the 41 trees raised over $9,000 for hospice care. So that was a great night. Uh, quick mentions for some events that are coming up very, very soon. If you're watching on the television or on Facebook, you'll be able to see the posters for these. Uh, and the first one that I want to mention is air show jumping. Uh, air show jumping is coming up in January at the Florida Horse Park. We do love the Florida Horse Park. Um, we work very closely with their team, um, Jason Reynolds, Kim Vanderwalt, and a number of other staff members there who are absolutely wonderful. And we love to promote the horse park, 500 acres of beautiful outdoors and fresh air. And Air Show Jumping is a wonderful boutique uh, show. It's, it's so well run by Bill Worthington and his team. And that runs January 5th to the 9th and January 12th to the 16th. Those are the um, rated weeks that HITS does not have rated shows. So this show is permitted to, um, to run. And again, the Florida Horse Park Air Show Jumping. So we hope you enjoy that event. And then also coming up, Best of America by Horseback, the most popular trail riding show on television that's been on RFD TV for 15 years successfully. They travel all over the US visiting the best places to ride your horse on the trails. Del Shields, who is a singer and a poet and a good friend to us and the show, um, is going to be here at the Florida Greenways, going to have two rides. There's going to be a camp out on the Friday night around the fire. Um, and we are looking for some sponsors there. And then Saturday is the Cowboy Ball. So we hope you'll join us and the numbers on the poster there and on social media. Wrapping it up, coming right back with Hall of Famer Steve Haskin. Stay with us.
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. With over 70 years of collective experience in the horse industry, Lipchip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the ChipLink system, powered by Lipchip, where a 15-digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even a child can do it. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. Enhance your horse's performance, fitness, strength, and rehabilitation with state-of-the-art equipment. ETI treadmills offer the finest European engineering, the highest quality filtration, and no chemicals are required. Follow Equine Therapy International on social media or at equinetherapyint.com. Equine Therapy International provides technologically advanced therapy for horses worldwide. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton. I have my favorite guest on the phone, not in person, sadly, one day, and that's Hall of Famer Steve Haskin who writes for Secretariat.com, and I've been reading all of his goodies this week, and I love them all. And then it makes them pop into my head, and then I text him, how are you? And I think he hopes it's just how are you, but it's usually how are you, and please, will you talk to us about racehorses? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a facade. <laughs> I do. But I, but, I, but, but, but I accept it. Yes. And the, I, thing, the, only, the only thing is, I didn't quite get all of the introduction. Can you repeat it all? <laughs> the best most favorite, most handsome guest that I ever have on the show, Hall of Famer. That was was even better than the first one. (laughs) You know it was, wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, If you have not read any of Steve's writing, you're missing out incredibly because he really is in the Hall of Fame for a reason, and that's because he's brilliant. As we say in England, he's absolutely brill. And uh, I I love the way that he always makes the the facts turn into a story rather than just be the facts and um and i love that and i always enjoy it and this year has been a um strange year i think i may have said that before but this might have been the strangest perhaps um and of course very saddened recently by the loss of champion medina spirit who was just an incredible horse and um he'll certainly be missed uh, very sadly missed and um, I know the reaction from the racing world and the entire world is what a great Cinderella story that was and what a great horse he was indeed. And I'm just so glad that we got to be part of his, uh, go on his ride and be part of his um, his race career and his life because he was certainly very special. So that's made this um, uh, certainly a sad, a sad year. He ran an incredible race in, in the Breeders' Cup Classic. No shame to run second to Nick's go, of course, who's uh, incredible himself. What are your thoughts on that, Steve? I know it's been, a, it's been a very sad time for everybody connected there. 
It was it was very shocking, and and it came right after I wrote an entire column about him too. So mm-hmm. it made it even even more shocking. And, you know, it was just he's just a horse that you just have to feel badly for. And I don't I don't mean the you know the dying obviously, but even before that, he just never got the respect that he deserved. I mean, people are always knocking everything. You know, even in the um, awesome again, people completely overlooked that race. They said, "Oh, he beat nothing in there." They were garbage older horses. Number one, they were older horses. Right. Number two, there were there were two Grade One winners in that race. You had the, the San Diego Handicap winner and the Pacific Classic winner. Right. The two biggest races for older horses in California. So no matter what you think of the older horses, he beat them, and he beat them handily, so, and he beat them in the way he never won before. You know, to win off by five lengths to beat those horses. I know. I know. So he he never got any respect for that at all. He didn't get a lot. Of, he didn't even get a lot of respect for finishing second to yeah. Nick's go. Um, I thought he ran a terrific race there. Uh, you know, he wasn't given the best of rides. He, he was just too far off the pace. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to win that way. That's not his style of winning. But you, you know, you look at the year he had, and you know, and, and the the worst part is that you know he he got embroiled in all of the Bob Baffert, you know, the, the Kentucky Derby disqualification. Um, which is one of the reasons, and it's sad too, by the way, that he was not a finalist for the Vox Populi Award. And it had to do with that too, because Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Commission, you know, are going to take forever to make a decision. Is he the winner of the Derby or is he not the winner of the Derby? Right. Uh, you know, he comes up positive, and I, I guess it doesn't look good to have the country's most popular horse disqualified in the Kentucky Derby. Right. You know, right. It's, just a, it's just a bad look. And, you know, a lot of the voting members, uh, myself included, you, you just don't know what to do with them. I mean, you wanted to put them in there. So you give the fans a chance to write them in if they want to. So right. they can. They don't have to go by the finalists, but it just would not be a good look, you know. I know. Well, I think some of that has been that horse racing has been so under the microscope anyway, which, you know, in my opinion... Um, it's under the microscope far more than any other horse sport. Yet we see other, you know, fatalities, accidents, other things happen in all sports, two-legged or four-legged. We see, you know, things happen. It, it's it's life. You know, it's very sad and we hate it. We hate to hear about it in any sport. But racing definitely gets the hits harder than, than any other sport. Yeah. And yet oh, we see sure. horses who love to run. You know, if horses lose their rider, they keep running. You know, and it's not because they hate running. They love to run and they love to run against each other. And they're very competitive. And the intelligent ones know when they win. So that's what they were born to do. Exactly. And so, you know, uh, you know do I think that change needs to come in some areas? Absolutely. I agree. And it's always about the welfare of the horses and their jockeys for sure. But I think that the fact that it's been put so under the microscope so much and has been so heavily criticized i think we see you know a worse side of it that's that in most cases doesn't exist i've been behind the scenes so have you um you know the people behind so many of these horses are absolutely wonderful people and i've met them and know them and they're and they're phenomenal um and they do everything they can to take care of these horses you know the best way they can and and i just hate that you know, a couple of days before Medina Spirit passed away, he was vindicated and they actually proven in a lab that, know, you know, it was right. from an ointment and not from an injection, which 
regardless of Kentucky's decision, definitely cleared his name as the best horse in the in the Kentucky Derby. And Johnny V ran past Gail Rice, the, my friend, the breeder, and I at the Breeders' Cup and said he had a slow start out of the gate. So had he not had a slow start out of the gate, which had never happened with Johnny V before with him, you know, he may have been yeah. right on the back of Nick's go. Um, yeah, I shouldn't have said a bad ride. He had a bad yeah, trip. He did. He did. Because I know, I know, I know Bob Baffert wanted him up up there. Yes, he did. Uh, that's, but, yeah, but, that's his you know, style. The fact that it yeah, but I mean the fact that he would, you know, the fact that they did say that it was was the ointment. A lot of people don't even care. No, you know, they look they look at they look at Baffert as a cheater. They probably mm -hmm. look at they probably look at Baffert more as a cheater than they do Jorge Navarro, who is a cheater and is going to probably go to jail. But Baffert, you know, gets all this this vilification by everybody. Right. I mean, he's he's become a pariah. If he went from a uh, a rock star, right? Um, and you know we're talking about an ointment here. This is and the, so the fact is that Bettina Spirit. Everybody knows that he won the Derby on his own. He right. was not aided in any way by this little dab of ointment or what, the, what they put on for his for skin rash. And he's always going to be known if they if they do take him down. Oh, you know he was drugged. You know he's yeah. doped. You know yeah. I, it's just it's just very annoying the way people uh, want to think. Yes. Well, and you know, I think some of that is is in a in a world where the where horse racing is under the microscope. I think that Bob Baffert would probably be the number one pick for somebody to make an example of because it doesn't get much bigger than his name in the in the horse world, having won the you know the first two triple crowns, the first one for thirty seven years, and then another one a few years later. You know, it kind of makes sense. I can walk Kentucky Derby. Exactly. And, you know, have, right. You know, people don't like anybody getting too successful. No. They'll put, them, they'll put you up on a pedestal. But if right. you stay there too long and, and yes. do too much and, and become too dominant, yes. then they want to tear you down. Yes. We've just got one minute in this segment, but I'm going to keep Steve with me um, because I've got a few more questions. I definitely want to talk about the Vox Populi with him and, uh, and a couple of other things like maybe talk Derby to me in the next segment because you know I love that. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. I'll be right back with the Brill Hall of Famer in just a minute. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors and the Hilton Garden in downtown Louisville. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. 
You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio talking to Hall of Fame turf writer from Secretariat.com, Steve Haskins. Steve, we've been chatting a bit about some of the derby happenings this year, the loss of Medina Spirit. Very, very sad uh, time in racing to see such a great young champion uh, lose his life. And, of course, there's an necropsy. Um, which hopefully we'll have some results for in a couple of months, but most likely they say an aortic rupture, um, which does happen sometimes, very sadly. Um, but moving past that, not really knowing what's going to happen with that derby result, uh, we're coming up here in the end of the year very rapidly, and um, kind of your thoughts on the wrap-up of this year and, and Nick's go. Of course, I think he's going to run maybe in the Pegasus um, and then be retired. Uh, a great horse, uh, certainly. Um, started here in Ocala with the Demerics, as did Corniche, who is looking to be very popular for the Kentucky Derby coming up in 2022. Well, I mean, Nick Scott obviously is a lot now for Horse of the Year, and you got to give Brad Cox a lot of credit. You know, when he got the horse, you know, the horse had problems, which they don't really want to make, uh, make public. But the horse did have uh, physical problems. People think that, uh, well, what, what did he do to that horse? He was so bad as a three-year-old after being so good as a two-year-old. And then he comes up as a four-year-old and then knocks him dead and, <laughs> and, and as a five-year-old. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a big favorite, obviously, in the Pegasus. And if life is good runs, I mean, it's going to be a, a tremendous race for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. But, I, you know, I think we're, we're going to be in for a you know, really top, year mr guide i see is back mm-hmm. who won the dubai world cup last year uh, uh winstar gave country grammar back to bob baffert so it'll be interesting to see him back in california and then we have our uh our vox populi winner coming back going to uh to dubai for a couple of races uh hot rod charlie who was voted the most popular horse in the country and rightly so well, you know, um, it's interesting. I was reading your, your write-ups about that, and you mentioned Penny Chenery creating this um, not, not to be like an Eclipse Award, not to be like necessarily the top horse of the year, although sometimes that has happened, um, but not, not necessarily the most winningest horse or one that's got the most accolades, but more one that has reached the people's hearts and emotions and maybe even brought people back to an interest in racing. And Hot Rod Charlie's had a very interesting career. I don't think he's ever been worse than fourth. And I think he's raced all over the country in different tracks and um, has had a little bit of a hard luck story in some respects, um, but has, has shown himself to be a very consistent, tough, tough horse. So I think it fits. Well, you know, you talk about his fourth. The, the one race he finished fourth was in his last race. Mm-hmm. This was following a year where he, he, he put on 25,000 miles of traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, we, and, you know, from, from November 6, 2020 to November 6, 2021, he ran in, in eight races at eight different racetracks in six different states. And, again, never finished worse than fourth, you know, excluding, obviously, his disqualification. Right. Um and, it, and he made 10 cross-country flights, she ran in six grade one stakes. Wow. And what, mm-hmm. like you said about Eclipse Awards, 
thank goodness that they did vote for him because the last two Vox Popular Awards uh, winners were both Horses of the Year. Yeah. Um, you know, you had Bricks and Mortar, who, I, you know, I, I don't know how popular he really was. I don't think there was really much to choose from that year. And last year you had Authentic where you had the MyRacehorse.com, thousands of, of people from My Racehorse that, uh, mm-hmm. that really filled the ballot box pretty good, you know, voting for him. Right. So, you know, I mean, you could have voted for a horse like Whitmore, but I think Hot Rod Charlie, I think even people who didn't vote for him had to be happy for him. Right. Yeah, you know, he was he was versatile. He was courageous. He was tough. He was resilient. Uh, uh, he won a place in, at seven different distances from five furlongs on the grass to a mile and a half on the dirt. And you could put him anywhere on the racetrack. If you look at his half mile calls. In his races, he was first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and seventh. <laughs> and he was in the money in all of them. And, you, you know, again, he was such a hard luck horse that you look at his, his, his defeats, and I think they actually enhanced his popularity. Yeah. If you look at his Belmont stakes, I mean, he's going head and head mm-hmm. on the lead through a half and 46 and two. We're talking about the, a mile and a half race. That's a fifth of a second slower than Secretariat ran. In the most iconic race in in, in U- U.S. racing history. That's false. And he wouldn't quit. He wouldn't quit. He, you know, he, he just barely, you know, uh, he got beat by essential quality, and they were eleven lengths ahead of the third horse. Mm-hmm. You know, and the third horse was the horse that had just won the Preakness mm-hmm. very impressively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rombauer. Right. And yeah, you know, even if you look with this crop too, you know, it was the second fastest Belmont in the last twenty years. The only, the only, the only faster one was Triple Crown winner America Pharaoh had wow. run, run faster, and the Derby where he was only beaten the length was the second fastest Derby in the last twenty years, and the only Derby actually run faster was by Authentic the year before, and that was when the race was in September because oh, of COVID, right. yeah. and the three year olds were you know far more advanced more, and experienced, more right. and then he finishes first in the Haskell, and he was a fifth of a second off the stakes record. And two fifths off the track record set by Spenderbuck thirty six years ago. Wow! So, you know, he had the speed. He ran a one eleven buyer in the in the Pennsylvania Derby. You know, in, in the race before the Breeders' Cup, and that was the fastest non sprint race by any three year old in the country. Wow. One horse ran a one twelve um, in a freakish performance, going six furlongs. But legitimately, it was the fastest race a, a buyer run by. A three-year-old all year, so he you know, he just he just had a tremendous year. It's amazing, really. Yeah, he, he certainly has had an incredible an incredible year, and I think well well deserved. Uh, oh, definitely him. well deserved. And you have to remember too, by the way, he was the only horse, the first and only horse, to make a move at at Nick's go. Yeah, and you know nobody wants to tackle that horse. He's just too tough, That's and he true. made a move at him at the core, at the top of the stretch, and actually pulled alongside of him and almost eyeballed him. He just couldn't sustain it, but I think making that move while the others sat back probably cost him second or third. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, a uh, a sneak peek, Steve, into uh, into 2022 and the Kentucky Derby, and of course we're going to really start our eye, all eyes on those horses in January, certainly as we're watching. Um, prep races start and, and we start kind of eyeing up the horses and I have to ask you about Corniche because he ran such a lovely race in the juvenile and um, certainly showing himself to be a, a phenomenal young horse and kind of what your thoughts are there. 
Well, if you want my thoughts as a horse or as a derby horse, they're completely different because right, right now he's not a he's not a derby horse. That's right. He, uh, you know, n neither of any of Bob, Bob Baffert's got like six brilliant two year olds, mm -hmm. and if if they keep if they keep him with him and Churchill doesn't reverse that ruling, then they're all going to be left out of the derby, which is very unfortunate. That's true. Um, is obviously a very brilliant horse. I'm not sure how far he can carry his speed. If he's, if he's going to be a one dimensional speed horse, um, his breeding is okay, but it's not great for a mile and a quarter. So again, I don't know how far he can carry it, but trained by Bob Baffert, <laughs> if Baffert gets into the derby, you know, he's going to be toughened and, and you know, he's going to be, uh, and you know he's going to be out there by himself because nobody ever goes after a Bob Baffert. That's they true. never challenge him. They always wind up on the lead That's a by fact. themselves. But yeah. he's, listen, he's very talented. But there's a lot of good horses this year. Yeah. Uh, Kenny McPeak has three of the best ones. Kenny McPeak is really loaded. Yeah. He's got a horse, Smile Happy, who won the Kentucky Jockey Club, who I was really impressed with. To come off a six-four-long race um, uh, and, and to run the race he did, well, was to me remarkable. Steve, uh, he, hold, he, he hold that thought for me one second. We just have to take a really quick break. Do you mind coming back with us for a third one? No, not at all. Okay. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back with our Hall of Famer. Stay with us. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapesa, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. It's time to take care of yourself as well as you do your horse. So get down to Pulse Center of Ocala. The PEMF wave is safe and it's a therapy that charges your cells and allows them to function at their fullest capacity so you heal much faster. Check them out at pulsecenterfl.com now and tell them you heard about it on the Horse Talk Show for a free demo. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Back on the Horse Talk Show, <laughs> presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. A couple of quick mentions. Christmas is upon us. 
and Nirvana has some wonderful specials for you. And coming up in January, they have a very special event. If you're feeling a little chubby after Christmas and New Year's celebrations, you can go to their True Body open house and ask the experts on January the 7th from noon to 4. Permanently eliminate 24% of fat, increase muscle mass, consult with their specialists and possibly win some treatments or some discounts. Headed back to the show. Back on the third segment of the Horse Talk show with Steve Haskin and we've been chatting a little derby and I do so love it when our brilliant Hall of Famer talks derby to me. And um, we talked a little bit about Corniche and some of um, some of Bob's horses and we, of course we don't know what's going to happen there as far as those horses being perhaps moved um, to a different trainer or if Churchill's going to back down on that decision um, uh, with Bob not being able to run in the Kentucky Derby uh, with any of his trainees. Um, and then we were chatting. We started talking a little bit about Kenny McPeak, and he's got three um, very nice horses, and Kenny McPeak's been showing up a lot with some nice horses lately. Um, so, Steve, take it away right there for us. Well, you know, his two big horses, obviously, are uh, Smile Happy, who won the Kentucky Jockey Club, and Rattle and Roll, who won the British Futurity. And it, it, it's funny because... Smile Happy broke his maiden at Keeneland and then won a grade one at Churchill Downs. Rattlin' Rowe broke his maiden at Churchill Downs and won a grade one at Keeneland. But to have two different horses win both grade one Kentucky races and both won off by themselves very impressively. Both have tremendous pedigrees. We'll definitely get a mile and a quarter. So between Smile Happy and Rattlin' Rowe, he's got two, two huge derby contenders here. And he's got another one that he likes a lot that he actually had entered um, in the Kentucky Jockey Club. But he came down with just a little problem or so when he had a scratch. And that was uh, Tis the Bomb, mm-hmm. who was uh, second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. But he's, only, but he's, but he's bred for the dirt. He's out of a Tis now mare. And uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't love the dirt. So Kenry Peake's got three very, very strong horses. Um uh, Todd Pletcher has uh, already started, you know, at Gulfstream down your way. He's, he's winning everything down there. He sent out a really impressive, um, uh, two actually, two very impressive maiden winners. One who I would like a lot named Emmanuel, who won it a mile, first time out. I love when I see that horse to win first time out. And then one of the things I always look at is how these horses look. Do they have any flaws? And that's one of the reasons why I love Smile Happy. Um, you know, Rattle and Rove got a couple of issues that they had to work out, which he already has. But a horse like Emmanuel, um, I, I love a horse that just runs perfectly straight down the stretch. Even if a jock hits him, he doesn't duck in. He doesn't shy from the whip. He stays right on his path. He's got a big, beautiful, long stride. Mm. He's got the pedigree. Uh, he's got the looks. Uh, I, I like everything about Emmanuel. But again, I, you, you don't want to get too high on a first-time starter until they beat winners. But he's definitely a horse I'm looking at. But Todd's got a whole bunch of horses. He won the Remsen with Mo Donegal, although I like, I love the second-place finisher in that race, who should have actually been put up on a qualification. The mm-hmm. Irish Stewart's blew it, but a horse called Zandon, mm-hmm. who I fell in love with in his maiden win at six furlongs. And Chad Brown went from a six-furlong maiden race to a mile-and-an-eighth Remsen grade two race and he should have won it. I mean, he ran a tremendous race, and his horse was bred to run all day. So remember Zandon next year. He's going to be something. Um, Pletcher also, like I said, has the horse that won the Remsen, Mo Donegal, who's a come-from-behind horse. 
and he's got Command Performance, who was my first sleeper horse that I wrote a, a whole column on, uh, coming off a second in a maiden race, and he, and he ran right back in the champagne as a maiden, and he ran second in the champagne to Jack Christopher, and That's he came right. back and um, he had a very bad trip in the uh, in the Breeders' Cup. He ran and he still ran a good fourth, but he was right up there on the pace, and that's not his style. And I wasn't crazy about him going out there anyway. I'm not crazy about any of the Eastern horses going out to run at Del Mar. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think that's a very strong horse for uh, for Pletcher. The horse I ran second in the Breeders' Cup, uh, Papa Cap, I think's got a big future. I love got another Papa grass Pop. horse yeah. who's going back on the dirt, McKinnon. Um, that's another Doug O'Neill horse, and I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be interesting because he's also bred strictly for dirt, but all his races have been on on grass. And he was third in the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. He had won several races, but uh, there's a lot of really good horses. You know, sure just trying are. to sort them out now. It's going to be tough. I know. Well, that that'll be the, that'll be the next thing, won't it? We'll be sorting them out. And I have to say, Papa Cap. I got to meet him, and I, I love any horses trained by Mark Cassie because I think Mark yeah. Cassie is a a really, really good guy, and I think he really deserves a derby win. And then, of course, Papa Cap is a Florida bred and Florida-owned horse, so, you know, that kind of, you know. I picked him in that race, too, which and and, uh, and I, I, I had him in that race, so I had the... Um... I had the exactor in that race, which was which was good. But I picked mm. him on top. I thought he had a big chance in there. And the one other horse I'll mention is the horse that just won the he's a California bred. He just won the Los Alamitos Futurity. Slow down, Andy, who was another Doug O'Neill horse, um, who looked very impressive while being green. Uh, he's been he's run three times. He's been green in all three of his races, and he still managed to uh, to beat Bob Baffert's hot two year old Messier. Mm. in that race despite doing so many things wrong in the race so once he straightens himself out he's he's got a lot of ability so uh, I'm, I'm i'm excited about this group of uh, two-year-olds i think we're going to have some fun on the derby trail i think so too and uh let's just hope we don't have any dqs or any uh oh, anything else please. we could just have a nice a nice clear run at the derby this year with the with no aftermath to uh to experience that would be uh that would certainly be uh a wonderful thing to have happen. We'd like to have a winner be the winner, you know, and uh, and not have uh, yeah. have to deal yeah, with all the two, after. We've had two disqualifications in a derby in the last three years, which is we uh, unbelievable. We have. And, you know, I think it would be nice. I, I Like I said, I'm all for the horse's safety, but, you know, I think we've got to find a way to do things better than finding yeah. finding an ointment in a horse and... And you know, I, know. I shouldn't say two disqualifications. We've we've had one disqualification and one potential disqualification. Right, exactly. And I think <laughs> it's just I think it's a shame for the sport because I think it's such a wonderful sport. I think it's such a fun sport. I think that you know that the horses love it. And I I've been around so many great people involved in it. You know, even from the start of these horses when they're first under saddle all the way to the you know to the finish line in the big races. And I. You know, I see so much good in it and so much excitement and so many people interested in returning to it, you know, with the syndications and things that are, have, you know, become quite popular. You know, we're seeing larger crowds of people interested in racing again. I love to just see people start lifting it up. You know, it's a it's a it's a great uh -huh. fun, a great fun sport. And the horses are just so well looked after. And it's just um you know, it's a shame. I love when you see these uh, so-called uh, animal lovers who say, we got to ab abolish racing, get rid of racing. Yeah, okay. Well, if you love animals so much, then you go ahead and find find homes for the 100,000 horses, by the way. Right. Um, and 
between all the racehorses yes. and 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 the uh, and and the stallions and the foals and the mares. Yeah. Go find homes for all of those and find jobs for the hundreds of thousands of people who spend yes. their life taking care of these horses. Exactly. You so just you know, before nail. you wish yep. for something, by the way, you, uh, you got to think about it. Yes, absolutely. And it, and it and it and truly, I would love to take all of them behind the scenes to the barns that I've been to and show them. You know, the toys and the bouncy balls and the huge, exactly. huge bags full of some of the most wonderful, good quality hay and the thick bedding. And these horses have the life. Steve, with with two minutes left in this segment, I want to say thank you so much for everything you've contributed to this show this year. And you're always a wealth of information. You've always you always get us so on track and we love it. And you can find Steve Haskin at secretariat.com. His writings, in my opinion, are the very, very best in horse racing. And he's my very favorite guest. And I'm so honored well, that he took the time to chat to us today. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I thank you for having me on. Uh, you know, it's always a lot of fun to come on, you know, talk about uh, talk about racing and talk derby and baby. everything. And it's just a... Uh, just uh, it's just great and you know i thank you and i wish uh, you and all your viewers and listeners uh, you know very happy holiday absolutely merry christmas and happy new year to you steve and we look forward to having you back on the show next year sure anytime take care take care all right bye-bye steve haskin the best we'll be back on the horse talk show thank you to our presenting sponsor palm chevrolet and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay. And also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show, and we're here at Kimberden Farm in Ocala, the horse capital, visiting with Kimmy Carp of Horse Country Carriage and Tours. We're going to chat a little bit about her background and about tiny Prince Charming and what she does at Christmas time, which we think is awesome. Kimmy, it's lovely to be back with you. It's always a pleasure to see you, Louisa. Thank you for coming out today. Oh, it's been absolutely beautiful. This is the most beautiful farm, and we've had a wonderful time here today. Um, share with us a little bit of your background in horses. I, I, you mentioned when we were out on the little carriage ride that you used to be a jumper. 
I, well, I use that term very loosely. So um, when I was a kid, we probably got our first horses when I was around seven and learned how to ride a little bit. And um, we're from Philadelphia originally, and you could actually still stable in the city then. And they had just this little rinky-dink barn and we used to go. And uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful Palomino that we all learned how to ride on. And actually, now that I think about it, his name was Sonny. And uh, I know it was a good name. (laughs) He was fantastic. And uh, he taught us all how to ride. And then we'd go, um, the old police stables had a little ring there and they'd have this little show. And so we would go and we'd go show Sonny and we'd go show our little horses and, um, and it was fun. And, and, but actually thoroughbreds is really what brought us here. So uh, we bred and raced on a very, very minor level. Um, And we used to run Philly Park, Garden State, Atlantic City when they were still open. So now I'm aging myself but um the blizzard in 96 rolled through we were in south jersey and uh three feet of snow later we decided that ocala was the place to be so we've packed up and moved here just before my 15th birthday and i've been here 23 years since and this is honestly home and you couldn't pay me enough to go back and how did you transition to uh carriage rides farm tours downtown at christmas how did that all happen so Right before we moved down here, I actually, um, somehow through our family, we had befriended the woman who owned a carriage company in Cape May, New Jersey. And I would go over in the summer and very graciously, she would let me stay with her. And she taught me how to harness horses and she taught me how to drive single horses. And at night I'd go downtown and I'd help at the carriage stop and, and whatnot. And I really just fell in love with the draft horses. And um, her name was Beverly, and she actually has since retired, and she's here in Ocala. And uh, you want to talk about full circle? A couple years ago, she actually drove for me on Christmas Eve one night, so that was really special. And who taught you to drive? Um, Bev, she was the one who first put the lines in my hands. Um, after we moved down here to Ocala, though, um, my dad one night saw a lady show up with a team of horses and a carriage on the downtown square, and he thought oh my god this is perfect for Kimmy so her name was Mary and she had Ocala carriage and um, I started with her when I was 15 until I was 19 I left I had a stint in property management and then I got tired of the stress and the craziness of all that and I thought you know I just want my old job back around horses and where people are actually happy to see me so um, I went back to work for her for several years but she's the one that taught me how to drive a team of horses so um, and taught me a lot more and and you know more of the business side and, and we got to do a lot of really wonderful things together before she passed away so nine years with tiny prince charming who did such a phenomenal job giving us all a carriage ride today to do this interview you pulled this carriage right out of the barn like it weighed nothing and it weighs over a thousand eleven hundred pounds so a lot of people say oh my gosh that horse must not like pulling that cart and you are a fraction of the size of tiny prince charming who weighs how much he's over two thousand pounds so you're a fraction of his weight and you pulled this out very very easily all on your own so that really shows that it is not a terrible job pulling this cart. No, it is not. And, you know, the thing about it is that this actually is what keeps him fit and healthy. Um, And we don't overwork him either. It's not like we're out here for eight or ten hours a day. He works three, four hours max if we're at a festival or something. Um, You know, and we pay attention to them. You know, they let us know. You know, even when we're in downtown Ocala for the holiday season, um, we advertise that we're out from six to nine. And when nine o'clock rolls around, if the crowd is good and the horses are in good spirits and they're happy, then we might stay a little bit longer. You know, there's other nights, though, 
nine o'clock rolls around and I he's he's done, you know, and and, you know. and I know that and I read that. And so we always put the horses first, you know, and the thing about what we do and really in any horse discipline, if your horse doesn't enjoy its job, you're not going to be successful at it. And, you know, Prince loves what he does. He especially loves all the mints and the people and all the extra treats. Um, but you can see it in his cadence as he walks around, the way he holds himself and in his eye. You know, he just, he loves what he does. And he's he's the man about town. He seemed super happy today, that's for sure. Even on the third trip, he was game to go again. So from the farm here, from Kimberden in Ocala, you take out farm tours six days a week and then have off on Sunday. And you can book the farm tours and you kind of entertaining. I call it edutainment because it's funny and fun. But you also share a lot of history about the horse industry and the farms here. And this is the perfect venue or farm to leave from. So that's wonderful. And everybody loves those. Everyone who's ever taken one of those farm tours with you comes back happier and more educated. And then at Christmas time, Christmas and New Year's, you do something wonderful downtown. Yes. So Thanksgiving weekend, we start in downtown Ocala and we are out most nights through New Year's Eve. And um, we have a couple different options we have with our the white fancy carriages, I like to call it. We do a private tour for just however many people are in your party. And we do either 15 minutes around the downtown square area or we go a half hour and we go out into the historic district to see the houses with their lights, which is really special. And uh, there is a little light historical narration on that, but nothing too over the top. And then on the weekends, we also bring this wagon downtown and I put Libby and Luther, my team on it, and uh, they do a group wagon ride. And so that's just first come, first serve, walk up. So if you don't have a reservation or you don't really care if you're on a private tour, um, you know, and look, some people are on a budget, so it's an inexpensive way to be able to just hop on and, and take a 10 minute trip around and get to see the lights. So I tell people we've got something for everybody. That's wonderful. Now, how do people, if they want to book private or obviously book to come to Kimberden and take out the farm tour, how is the best way for people to do that? Me. Just contact me. Um our schedules are vary and are so crazy. So I don't like to do online booking and all of those things. Um, I tell people just simply call me. Um, this time of year, if you're, you know, we're doing our carriage rides in town, then I tell people text me because that's the best way to catch me because I'm day and night and, you know, sorting out my schedule. But um, yeah, just, just give us a call. Wonderful. And the number for that? 352-727-0900. And when people come here to take the farm tour, are they, if they haven't been to Kimberden before, are they just blown away by everything that happens here? And just by the farm itself, when you drive in, you get a cross between West Palm Beach and Ocala. The big trees, also a bit of tropical, beautifully manicured. The show arena for jumping over here, just the color of the trees, just the beauty, calm and tranquility. People must just love just to come here and take the farm tour before the farm tour begins, yeah. right? They do, you know, so the owner of our farm here, Kimberden, is Kimbernet. And um, a really fun fact I like to tell people is that when she bought this property 20 years ago, there wasn't a hedge, a bush, a palm tree, nothing but the old oak trees. She's put in the arenas, all the landscape. You know, she's really got such a great eye for those things. And she's always just reinvested back into the farm. And she wants it to feel that way for people. She wants them to feel like they're at a resort and that they enjoy being here, you know, and, and it's just that it's an inviting place to be. And so. then you have boarders as well. So you have horses here boarded and people taking lessons and then both the Trinity team and the UF team here as well, right? Correct. 
much. Yes. Um, so we have a little bit of everything. Um, when Kim first came to Ocala, she was traveling back and forth from Tennessee um, from her farm she had up there originally. And she would bring her show clients down here and they would do hits and all kinds of things. And now we're blessed that World Equestrian is literally not even five minutes from here. So uh, we do a lot of showing now at WEC as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's, it's just fantastic. Everything you need right here in the horse world is right at Kimberden. I can't believe we've got to spend our afternoon in such a beautiful place. Kimmy, thanks for being with us. Thanks for taking our people out on some rides today. Horse Country Carriage Company, Kimmy Carp here at Kimberden. Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay. And also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. Hi, I'm Alan Davies with Equine Therapy International. Today we're at Engineered Equine Performance celebrating the new saltwater chilled treadmill. This particular chilled equine saltwater treadmill is a game changer. As you can see, the finest materials are used, the filtration system, coarse, fine filtration, no chemicals. We use UV, ozone, combination of filtration to keep the highest water chemistry standards. Being a saltwater unit, only the finest stainless steel and materials are used. That's important when it comes to longevity and cost of service over the life of the unit. This unit also has integrated massage jets with fine bubbles and coarse air bubbles for the therapy. The control system on this is Siemens industrial grade, top of the line technology, straight from Germany, but also serviceable here in the US. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at the training center of Nick and Jackie Demerick. They've just had a uh, incredible win recently in the Breeders' Cup Classic um, with Nick's go. Uh, I've got a new friend here. And um, we've kind of shared with you a little bit some of what Jackie does in the, in the beginning part of starting these horses under saddle um, with the riders. And the next stage is actually when Nick takes over and um, they come to the track and they start their training here. Uh, I love Nick and Jackie's methods with the horses and um, I think that the way that their horses turn out at the end of training when they go onto the track and their success and even their success beyond the track as OTTBs um, is really just shows what an incredible job they do because I think it gives these horses a better chance on the track and a much better chance beyond. So I'm going to have Nick share with us a little bit about what the next stage is after Jackie's done starting them under saddle. Nick, thanks for being with us again. 
Uh, You're way up there, but I love it. I'm way up here. <laughs> I'm 16, two and a half up here. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the next phase in the process is um, usually when, when Jackie gets them over to me, they are jogging patterns in the field or uh, just about to begin doing that. And we spend quite a bit of time in the field before they ever see a racetrack. We like them to be able to uh, jog figure eights, pick up the right diagonals, pick up the right lead when you ask them. And I've got a big field which I dedicate for, to that purpose. In fact, I've resisted the temptation to, to fence that field because I know once I put a fence around it, it'll be full of, full of herbivores. <laughs> So um, I've never fenced it, and we keep that dedicated for, for, for riding. And in fact, uh, my son Tris and uh, his wife Valerie make good use of it as well. So there are times when we might have 20 babies out there jogging patterns, which is quite a, quite a sight to behold on a, on a foggy morning when the sun's coming up. It's, but, um, so we spend quite a bit of time doing that, and, and also we incorporate little trail rides into the mix. We, we ride them through the woods. We step walk them over poles. We do a few little things that... Um, not exactly dressage moves, but things that just maybe broaden their the base of their education a little bit before they ever see a racetrack. And then now, on that note, don't you think that actually gives them uh, an, a little bit of a start, even for the future beyond the track, because they've seen it's sort of like the Heath in Newmarket, you know, getting them out to do things other than just the track and just the round pen. I think that really gives them a a better education. Well, well, we f we feel that, uh, and I think um, uh, I'm going backwards for some reason. <laughs> Come on up here, buddy. He um, wants me to interview him. Yeah, yeah. Um, because these horses are going to spend a lot of their time at American racetracks, turning left, and they'll be turning left in the shed row. They'll be turning left in the stall. Some of them, when they start, they'll be turning left on the on the track. So we feel like you know they need to have an idea of what the wider world is like before they ever get to a racetrack and i think that when they're done with their racetrack careers they switch back to normality much quicker and much more thoroughly than they might do if they'd never had any of that that's just our theory and i think also we're we're very tuned into the mental health of these youngsters and keeping them happy and engaged and enjoying what they do is really important, I think. And we, all, all of our babies get some get time outside. We, we're, we're big believers in turnout for as long and as much as we can. And um, and I think that you know the trail rides and the, the field work and all of that ties in with with their mental well-being as well. And I think that makes the next stage go better and more productively and more uh, efficiently. So. After that process, after we've, we're, they're ready to graduate, they start coming up here to the racetrack. This is a three-quarter mile dirt racetrack, uh, a la American Racing, and uh, it's a very good surface. We've, we've had a lot of good horses come off this track, not just our own, but uh, other people's. We've had Kentucky Derby winners and multiple grade one winners and Breeders' Cup winners more recently uh, come off this track. So um, what they do, when they get here for the first time is we let them have a good look at everything. We, we jog around, we, we let them see it jog one direction. Then the next day we'll jog the other direction, give them a sort of perspective from both, both angles, so to speak. And then little by little in small increments, I start them doing uh, little gallops. And usually what I do initially is I do what I call a split gallop where I'll, I'll let them, uh, I, I, and I'm saying, I'm using the word gallop, 
but he's really, practicing his backing up his, technique. His, <laughs> he never does it when I want him to. But, <laughs> but um, I, I'm using the word gallop, but truthfully, I mean, uh, canter would be more accurate uh, at this stage. They're just loping, cantering. And what I'll do is I'll let them gallop uh, or canter three sixteenths of a mile, pull up, we'll jog them a three sixteenths of a mile, then let them canter another three sixteenths of a mile. That way they have a little mental reset. They don't get too on the muscle too early. They don't get too forward in there thinking they've got it figured out and that now we're in competition. I like them to just come back to themselves, come back under their riders and 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 I like the riders to be engaged with their horses and I encourage them to form relationships with them. That's why I don't chop and change my set lists all the time unless I see a need to make a change. Because as I say, I like the riders to develop a rapport with the horses they're riding if, if possible. And we've got, we're very blessed. We have good riders who are, are tuned into it the way we think on that. Um, so gradually we'll, I'll start to increase their gallops. Not so much, not the speed, but the distance. And I'll sh gradually shrink that jog in the middle until we eliminate it. Then they'll be doing a continuous gallop. And um, at a little further down the process, I start them uh, two or three days a week galloping solo, singly. Usually, actually, to be honest, two do days a week. Uh, and the other rest of the time, they'll be galloping in company. And that means either galloping head and head with another horse or very often with two other horses. So we'll have one in the middle and we'll alternate who goes in the middle. So they get from early, early on, they get used to the idea of being bumped and being close proximity of other animals um, or other horses so that it's not a big transition. Again, when they're in a racetrack environment or loading in a starting gate and they're surrounded by other horses, they've, they've been used to that from very early on. So that's an, an important part of their development. And then Little by little, we'll start to increase those gallops, increase the distance. And at this point, we're as much educating them as what we do call putting a bottom in them or a foundation in them and or legging them up. And this uh, is an important part of the process before they start doing anything more serious in their galloping. They need that foundation. They need the musculature. They need the, the, uh, t their tendons and ligaments to be... Uh, acclimated to to loping on a dirt racetrack and all of that takes time and it takes slow repetition and little by little we're asking for a little more but we're also asking for a little better so we're trying to get them to switch leads as they enter the turn switch back when they come out of a turn to go comfortably head and head eyeball to eyeball stirrup to stirrup when they're in sets in company and uh and be focused and independent when they're galloping by themselves. The horses that go to two-year-old sales, and quite a few of ours do go to two-year-old sales, will, um, by definition, uh, breeze solo, because that's the way the, the uh, two-year-old process has evolved. And so it's important that they have that independence and they're not too herd-bound and dependent on their peers for company and security. So they need to have that independence. And hence. Hold that thought, Nick. Yeah. We got a break. Um, we're at that point, but we're going to come back with Nick with the rest. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. As we say in merry old England, we hope you have a very happy Christmas. And whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around until the same time next week for a special call-in show you'll enjoy.